0: It's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, we talked. We started the show this morning talking about the roadmap for BC that was laid out yesterday by the John Horgan government in pretty, the throne speech. Pretty vague. The throne drone, they call it. <laughs> Usually pretty vague, right? Anything yeah. jump out at you there? Well, well generally, I mean, it was even thinner than
1: most throne speeches are. I mean, throne speeches are known for their lack of, of detail, their vagueness, but this one was particularly vague about what lies ahead. It was mostly about what's happened in the last 4 years yeah you know it was mention of of uh, r- getting rid of road to- uh, bridge tolls which is a shot at Kevin Falcon they they're, they're going to try to hang th- the toll issue
0: on him. Um, well, especially when Falcon at one point was asked about the road tolls when they were on the bridges under the Liberal government and he said he thought it was a mistake to take the tolls off. Said it was bad bad policy. Yeah, they're yeah. going to remind they'll remind the public about that.
1: Uh, and Falcon will change his policy say he's not bringing back tolls. The yeah. so tolls are politically toxic and right. no one's going to embrace that. But you know, it talked about well, scrapping MSP premiums. Um, again, this is stuff long ago, uh, so not a lot of. Well, I think that going is, I think
0: that I think you're right, though. Putting your finger on th- this is a shot at Falcon. I, yeah. I think they they realize okay, this is a new game now. They got a di- they got a new leader over there. They're taking. And they're going to start frame him right now. They're
1: taking Falcon f- way more seriously than they took Andrew Wilkinson. They right. never really t- um, considered Wilkinson a threat to to uh, their electoral f- fortunes, and I yeah. do think they realize that Kevin Falcon is a different a different character, and he's got uh, I think uh, some experience and appeal that was uh, lacking in the previous leader.
0: Okay, I one of the things that jumped out at me was they met. There was a, an indication there that next week there will be some sort of economic, economic plan. recovery plan.
1: Yeah, so that will precede the budget, which is the following week. Right, the budget right. really is the meat uh, the meat and potatoes though of a government, and yeah. that's really going to provide some clarity of exactly what we're talking about. Uh, they did talk about creating another ministry out of nothing. So uh, that's a uh, land and resources uh, I- industry that's going to deal with UNDRIP, the United Nations Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous People. So that's going to be interesting. I'm sure uh, we'll probably get details of that either next week or in the budget as well. So that's an addition of a, of a new ministry.
0: Okay. Budget approaching in a couple of weeks. We still got the deficit. Yeah, we also got a big deficit. Big deficit, and no one's
1: expecting anything uh, other than that for some time. Um, but you know, the the, la- the current deficit was knocked down considerably, and as the economy starts to come back to life, that means government revenues are are starting to increase substantially.
0: Okay, let's talk about the uh, COVID restrictions in British Columbia. Whether they will be relaxed, we see other provinces taking COVID restrictions down now, dropping mask rules, dropping vaccine uh, passport systems and passport cards. Have a listen to Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe relaxing COVID restrictions there.
1: Today, with Omicron, the benefits of the proof of vaccination policy no longer outweigh the costs. This policy most certainly has
0: run its course.
1: So it's time for us to take a step back in living with COVID and to, get, to make every effort to get our lives back to normal okay
0: dropping restrictions in saskatchewan dropping them in alberta dropping them in quebec premier john horgan asked about this yesterday when are the restrictions going to be dropped here in bc here's what horgan had to say about that yesterday
1: i believe that uh masks are are effective in protecting people and i i don't believe that uh an arbitrary decision by an elected official is the best way forward in that regard your thoughts well again this is horgan's uh, approach since day one let public health run the response to the pandemic, not uh, not uh, elected politicians. Mark contrast to Jason Kenney, Scott Moe.
0: Taking uh, front and center, like you see these other premiers in these other provinces that are the court. ones making the announcements.
1: Yeah, and Horgan has not really done that since day one. And I remember being, in his, well, you know I have talked about this before, I remember being in his office in March 2020 when this thing first began, saying, you're I'm not running this thing. Yeah. You're not going to see me out there in front of the cameras every day, day in and day out. And that was, at that time it was in contrast to Doug Ford, who was out there every day in front of the cameras. He didn't really hear from Ontario's public health officials. He so heard from Doug Ford. So the the position of the B.C. government from day one has been let Dr. Bonnie Henry and her team run this thing with Adrian Dix, the health minister, and not the premier's office. And that's not changing.
0: This one feels kind of different. I mean, we've seen these sort of yo-yo restrictions back and forth, up and down. They put the restrictions off, take them off, Mm -hmm. put them back on. I mean, if you take a look at the example in Alberta where Jason Kenney had the big uh, news conference where he unveiled the sign best summer ever yeah, and they opened the up the calgary, calgary stampede. St- the calgary stampede dropped the restrictions hospital started to fill up and then and, omicron came on and then he had to apologize yep. now some people are calling this one in alberta it's the best spring ever as they relax their restrictions and you know it, it's kind of it has a bit of a deja vu feel to it on the other hand we're told that omicron less Not less severe ser- less severe right yeah, so
1: yeah exactly um it's
0: interesting in BC situation
1: we're still averaging more than 100 people a day are testing positive in hospital for COVID-19. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're sick with COVID-19. They're just testing positive. Therefore about half the cases are people who are there for scheduled surgeries or emergency treatment They have nothing to do with COVID, but they're given a test as they go in and they test positive. So, but it's 100 people a day. Our ICU cases have been hovering around 130 to 145 a day for several weeks now, but they're not they're not escalating, not going up. They're just, you know, stuck at that particular number. The positivity rate of percentage of testing positive is slowly going down. But we're still at high levels, so, you know, almost 1000 people in hospital. A positivity rate almost 20% Uh, ICU is still about 140 a day. These are people on largely on ventilators. So it's still a very precarious situation. But the good news is it's not escalating. It's not increasing. Right. So next week, we fully expect Dr. Bonnie Henry to announce that the restrictions on gatherings are going to end in terms of capacity limits. We're going to go back to having wedding receptions and celebrations of life, uh, probably full attendance at hockey games. But I don't think the vaccine mandate is going to disappear for healthcare workers or the vaccine passport. Right now, the vaccine passport is supposed to expire June 30th. Um, there's every reason to think that perhaps that will come earlier than June 30th. I like mean, they've
0: dropped them in Alberta and Saskatchewan, yeah,
1: yeah, but I don't think we're going to drop them next week. I think that's going to stick around for at least a little longer until she see her and her team sees exactly what's going on with hospitalizations. They haven't; they've stabilized, but they haven't gone down, and that's what she wants to see.
0: What about the mask
1: mandate? Oh, I think Tough that's to gonna, say. Uh, yeah. I think it, you know one thing I've learned covering Dr. Bonnie Henry is she puts a lot of stock in seasonal. Behavior. She warned us before that the respiratory uh, illness season, which is right now, which is November to March, was going to be problematic. And sure enough, that's was it was problematic. That's when we saw, it. and then Omicron came, which is exacerbated an already tense situation. But as we get into spring and summer, as you recall, last summer. She relaxed restrictions because outdoor, um, uh, outdoor weather is better. People are gathering outside more. They're not uh, gathering inside as much. And so restrictions
0: were sure. lifted and maybe we'll see an end to the mass mandate as a, as a result of that. Okay. That's coming next week. Let's talk about another one that I find really interesting. The government's sort of flip-flop here on the 2026 FIFA World yeah. Cup of soccer. Now, if you remember a couple of years back, the government ruled out they didn't want to be part of the World Cup uh the too, too expensive uh too re- fifa F- wanted a FIFA, blank check yeah fifa's demands were too yep. e- excessive they didn't want to go for it and, and they were quite firm on it now you've got the government has done 180 on it and said mm-hmm. actually now we want we want to be part of the world cup yep. we want to bring these world cup soccer games to vancouver mm-hmm. so have a listen to what horgan said about that yesterday i'll get your thoughts
1: we have uh, a need to attract people back to British Columbia for our tourism industry, for our hospitality sector, and the prospect of events, whether it be FIFA, whether it be the Invictus Games, which is very much in play as well uh, for British Columbia in the years ahead, and uh, the Indigenous-led movement to see uh, the 2030 Olympic bid come back to Vancouver Whistler, are all things that we're happy to entertain. Okay, now he's gung-ho for all of it. Yeah, the Olympic uh, reference was interesting because that uh, hadn't been made clear before that the government was on side with an Olympic bid, yeah. but um, his point yesterday was that when this all started to emerge as an issue, they were in a minority government situation, they'd just come into power. And you know, giving FIFA what, in their terms, a blank check was sort of not on the radar screen. They they had other things to deal with. Well,
0: remember some of the things that FIFA were demanding. Well, they what were some of their demands? Se- separate power grid
1: for BC like, Place for, Stadium, for BC Place, an yeah. entire new electrical electrical generating plant. They wanted us. They wanted grass fields, and not just one. They wanted two. Two grass two fields, grass for, BC fields place. For, for BC
0: Place. So, yeah, in case something went wrong with the first one, they yeah. wheel another
1: one in. So I gather, Squire Barnes and I have been f- tracking this for a few months now. Melanie Mark is the minister, and she's been you know, beavering away on this, is to see what FIFA wants. My, I gather, I haven't got a lot of details, I gather FIFA has reduced some of its blank check requirements, hmm. and the BC government is much more uh, warm to the idea of hosting it. I think part of it also is, We've been in a pandemic which just strangled a lot of activity. Especially so, tourism. Yeah, tourism. So
0: why not Why not live a little? And even if it costs money, go for it. All right. It's Baldry's Beat. The phone lines are open. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Gary in Maple Ridge.
1: Hey, Gary. Hey, guys. I appreciate uh, all your help in these uh, times. I uh, love listening to this section of the show uh i'm just wondering with all that's going on with the trucker convoy and all that it's gone awful quiet in terms of the borders the federal government saying anything about reopening the borders even back to the 72 hour situation we had and now that nothing has been said for basically a month on it and i'm just tired of paying 180 dollars every time i cross the border to come back yeah so that's uh that's an evolving issue um (laughs) Hard to say exactly when that's going to change. And remember, it's a two-way street here. There's two sides of the border and and both administrations have different rules. That's why the vaccination mandate for truckers, Biden has that in place as well. So Trudeau could get rid of it tomorrow and it's not going to change much. But in terms of the uh, PCR tests and and such as this, um, I think the border issue is going to uh, evolve, I think, pretty quickly too as we get to the summer. When there's more uh, tourism travel, I think both administrations on either side of the border are going to
0: relax a lot of provisions. There's a lot of pressure on the Trudeau government to drop that double testing requirement for people coming back to Canada. I mean, you take a look at every other G7 country has dropped these. Yeah, and that's happening around the world. As we're all, everyone's made the decision we have to learn to live with this
1: thing. Uh, Mm. Therefore, uh, jurisdictions are taking are dropping measures, restrictions, and I think you're going to see. Not only the federal government in Canada, but also provincial governments. We're seeing it in Saskatchewan, Alberta, up to a lesser degree in Quebec, and you're going to see BC drop yeah. restrictions as well.
0: Kerry and Burnaby. Hi, Kerry. Go ahead. Yes, I'm, I'm calling also about the truck convoy, but I'm really, really bothered by what's happening, especially what's happening at the truck border where they're harassing that poor childcare right now. And quite frankly, I just want to ask anyone that still supports them, how would they feel if COVID zero crowds started doing that? Like, is this what our, our democracy has become? I start taking hostage a city to get what I want? Like, this is ridiculous.
1: Uh, well, I think a lot of people in Ottawa share that sentiment. But, I, I mean, you know, this is... Um I really put a lot of stock in coming out of the winter psychologically. I think you're going to see a lot of these restrictions relax. You're going to see some of the mandates disappear, and you're going to see some of the the anger and frustration that's out there start to uh, lessen. You think people. the truckers
0: are going to disappear? They don't seem to be going anywhere. Well, they're they're not. 90% of the truckers are continuing to work. What about the tr- I'm talking about the truckers on the streets of Ottawa. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, I, stopped, I they stopped honking their horns after that judge brought in an injunction, but they say they're not going anywhere. They say that now. We'll see what happens yeah. in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Let's go to James on the line in Kelowna. Hi, James. Yeah, I just have a question. Um, so, given that
1: Omicron is now the dominant variant and it has shown itself to um, spread. You know, through both vaccinated and unvaccinated, I'm wondering what the point is of a mandate, uh, the passports that still segregate the two. Like, what's the point of that now? Yeah, and that's a question that was raised by Scott Moe, the Premier of Saskatchewan, and Jason Kenney, the Premier of Alberta. That's the argument they're making. And I think you're going to see other governments make decisions to get rid of these vaccine mandates, but it'll, it'll differ from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. Again, hospitalizations continue to increase in Saskatchewan and Alberta. So they, those two premiers are being criticized by doctors in the medical community for moving too early. Oh, by was, the way,
0: even the Calgary Chamber of Commerce yeah.
1: uh, said that this they're going too fast. That was a bit amazing, yeah. given that uh, that that's the Calgary Chamber of Commerce, yeah. which is pretty I've conservative. Got
0: the pr- I've got the president of the Calgary Chamber of Commerce on the show tomorrow, by the way, because oh. she said this is like ripping a Band-Aid off a wound before it's healed. Well, as
1: you mentioned before, Jason Kennedy declared the whole thing was over for the Calgary Stampede. I mean, right. so again, these are... Uh, politicians who are ahead of public health officials, which haven't really p- worked in the past. But again, as we get into the summer, we're going to see restrictions ease in yeah. uh,
0: pretty well every jurisdiction. Let's go to Ray on the line in Langley. Hi, Ray, go ahead. Yeah, I'd just like to comment on a climate change scam. we are got climate change, and we're going to have Olympics and soccer games here. Scam. No, Wait, what, what do you mean? What do you mean it's a scam? There's going to be horrendous amounts of carbon Ah. admitted if we have these games it's really oh, probably they'll say it's carbon neutral or something right they'll, they'll figure <laughs> they'll, out a way to they'll get probably around figure it. a way to do that that's an interesting point i mean but that comes with any uh
1: increase in activity you are going to see more fossil fuels uh used I mean, until we get over the hump of uh, renewable energy being more plentiful than it is that's just the reality
0: rick and delta rick you got 30 seconds so you got to go quick go ahead I'm just figuring the
1: IOC and FIFA would just love to come here with Vancouver's reputation to be. uh a money laundering capital they would fit right in given the fact that they're two of the most corrupt organizations <laughs> they, yeah, in the world
0: they very good point they are very corrupt there's no question well, they got about rid of it. that set Blatter guy right the guy who was running fifa yeah they ran him i, out of I town. think
1: it's more ingrained in those organizations yeah. the corruption but uh, it's interesting the bc government has signaled it wants to pursue these uh, these games thank you keith Talk to